called my life. <laughs> Desperately searching online for gay movies. <laughs> yeah, movies. Uh, anyways. Movies with, like, little plot, little clothes. <laughs> Louis, they call that porn. That's porn. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they called it, like, um, late night MTV when I was a teenager. <laughs> Undressed. Undressed made me gay. <laughs> it informed me of what homosexuality was. So, hi, Gavin. Hi, Louis. I'm so excited for this episode. I am nervous. Why are you Trepidatious. Nervous? Trepidatious. Uh, well, I'll, I'll explain going in, but you're listening to, for the listeners at home, The Mixed Reviews. Hi, everyone. This is The Mixed Reviews. We're a podcast about movies. We take a subject... We break it down. We pick our faves, our least faves. Uh, and then we let you guys go out and watch stuff. Yeah. And we spread the, go and be the church. We're giving the reviews. <laughs> We're mixing it up. Singing the gospel. Live. Live from Brooklyn in my shitty apartment. <laughs> Your apartment's very nice. Oh my God, so, thank you so much. Yeah, it looks good. You've done, you've done a lot with this place. I'm, like, I watch Queer Eye once. <laughs> like, who am I kidding? She, she watches Queer Eye one time. I know. <laughs> who am I kidding? Like, I watched all of it. I cried my face off. It was amazing. Which I'm is, not, I've not watched it yet. Which is not off topic because this episode, ladies and gentlemen, is our, uh, queer LGBT movie extravaganza eleganza. Exactly. Yes. Welcome to the gay ball. Hello. <laughs> category is gay movies um we had like some trouble like we're, so we're doing this in yes. honor of uh, love simon which came out last week yes um and we were thinking is this like too big of a subject too broad you're you're getting to why i'm trepidation and it is absolutely yes. yeah, uh, yeah. they're like gay movies like uh, i mean you had said maybe we would just do American stuff, and I was like, no, but I really want to talk about British stuff also. Um, and there's like great Mexican stuff. There's right. great Asian gay movies, and yeah, and I, I mean, and I do feel bad because I, I don't, I don't want to pigeonhole us, but it is such a huge, broad subject. Uh, queer cinema has existed since the dawn of time, the dawn of the gays. And, uh, yeah, exactly. And uh, Cher was born, <laughs> and gay cinema. Since, since people started rolling that film through that camera, there's been gays. <laughs> um, but you know, in the end, I I kind of came around to it, and I realized, like, listen, it we're this is not an omnibus, right? We're not going to get to everything. Absolutely it's, not. It's impossible. You could fill an entire like podcast, a completely different podcast. With every episode about queer cinema. Right. I literally um, wrote down all... I tried to write down all the gay movies I watched. I got to number 86. Yeah. And I decided to stop. I was like, it's fine. And that's how I convinced myself, too, because I... Uh, two years ago, before we started this podcast, um, when when I was in between podcasts, I made it a, a small, like, personal mission to try and watch all of the films mentioned in The Celluloid Closet, mm -hmm. which is an amazing documentary. I highly recommend people uh, see it. Um, and that's 119 films, cool. and I got to 101. Um, and I, need to, yeah, I need to pick up the other. Some of them are harder to find in the la in the final 18. But uh, I had that list with me, and I didn't fucking bring it over. But right. uh, but it ends. It's funny. It ends with uh, boys on the side. Ah, so yeah, uh, throwback to yeah, our yeah, episode. Yeah. So I think that's really funny that it ends there because it's it's a 90s. I would love for somebody to update the celluloid closet. It's a like I said, it's a documentary. It's based off a book. Uh, I would l absolutely love to see somebody talk about how queer cinema has changed since then. So and maybe so we can fill in some of the blanks. Is just like a kind of uh, gay. It's an overview of of a depiction of of gay, lesbian, trans, 
um, on, bisexuality on film. Cool. Um, yeah, from the time film began. And there's some really interesting things in there. There's some stuff that you wouldn't expect. There's a, there's some silent stuff that's not just the Nance character. Right, right. We'll talk about the Nance later. We'll, <laughs> but, we'll get into a lot of stuff, but first, really quick, some old business. Old business! Our uh, old business-ish. <laughs> um, last episode, we talked about Natalie Portman. Um, and we went on Twitter and asked you guys to vote for what your favorite was. Um, P.S. I had a friend staying over with me this weekend and literally the first thing he said to me, he was like, Oh, Louie, good to see you of the mixed reviews. Want to talk to you really quickly about where the heart is. Cause that movie <laughs> rules my entire world. I was like, this is why you're my friend. This is why you're here with me this weekend. Um, <laughs> all that to say where the heart is came in last place. With I know. N- with I 9%. Felt so bad for you. And it's, a, it's a good movie. It's I mean, not like, I mean, where the heart is going up against Jackie, which got 90% and Black Swan, who got 56%. That was what won. Yeah. I, I get it. I don't feel bad about that, you yeah. know? Um, and then we also got a 16% for other, um, I don't even remember what other people said, but 16, <laughs> 16% of other people said they wanted other Natalie Portman things. Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to say, like, when we include other, please feel free to tell us what you want. What my you little really, sister, really want. My little sister did tweet me um, a commercial she'd made for, like, <laughs> I, Dior. I love the fact that she tweeted that commercial. She was like, this is my favorite. That commercial is extra. Super, beyond extra. <laughs> <Yeah>. Like, <laughs> Go to our Twitter and see the, or just Google Natalie Portman Dior commercial. And Here, I'll, I'll retweet it now. So yeah, that, yeah, uh, yeah, that yeah. way people know. So people can find her. Um, <laughs> so people, get her, Jade. Get her, Jade. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's Natalie Portman. Had a blast with that. But now onto gay stuff. Gay stuff. I mean, gayer stuff. Natalie Portman's pretty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The gays yeah. enjoy it. And Natalie Portman moment. Uh, yeah. The, absolutely. <laughs> um, so should we get into our rewind? We should get into our rewind. Okay, cool. Great. Loving the concept. So I did my research. I lived my 29 years of life, but also did research for this. Um, we're going to go way back. Um, according to... How far back, Louie? We're, we're going back into the closet. <laughs> um... According to, I did like, I looked everywhere, but Wikipedia says the first notable form of homosexuality depicted in film was all the way back in 1895. Um, and it literally was just two men dancing together in the William Kennedy Dixon motion picture, the Dixon Experimental Sound Film. That's one of the ones I had to watch. Um, yeah. And uh, so, w- so you watched it. I did not watch yeah. it. Is, is it literally just like two dudes dancing? Yeah. And- yeah. That's it. That's, I mean, I've, I actually saw that all the way back in college. And boners around the world were just straight up. People were like, (laughs) sexual. Um, But yeah, so this was just like an experimental, you know, film. um, And the men are not like queer or flamboyant. They're just kind of like playing around, really. Yeah. Um, And so uh, film critic Parker Tyler states that the scene shocked audiences with its subversion of conventional male behavior. And if that's not fucking queer, what the (laughs) hell is? Um, I'm going to jump up ahead a little from that just because I don't want to spend forever talking about the history of gay cinema. The first real big thing that when you're seeing gays on film, it's like sissies and nancies and it's all about, um, they're not overtly gay. It's just like they, they speak a certain way. They, um, have uh, affectations and a flick of the wrist. And, um, so gay characters were depicted on screen as flamboyant and effeminate, something that was very easy to portray in silent films. They were a cliche, and I don't care whether they were a gay cliche or what. I thought they uh, were disgusting, 
unfunny, had no business being in it, and I never understood why people laughed. It's the same thing when they had uh, the step and fetch it's for the blacks. I like the sissy. Um, is it used in negative ways? Yeah, but my view has always been visibility at any cost. Um, I'd rather have negative than nothing. That's, that's just my particular view, and also because I am a sissy. And formed the basis for a lot of gay stereotypes that persist to the day. You know, like if, if ask any street actor to play gay and they like flick their wrist yeah. over and they start lisping, it's, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's a trope that's tired. And, and we've it, talked about that a couple times we with have. different people. We have, yeah. we, we have visited some um, men in our um, episodes who play gay and just kind of like really yeah. swish it up for effect, yeah. um, which is unfortunate. Um, these flamboyant mannerisms easily made the transition to talkies and evolved to become a fussy, flowery, mincing character who was largely only there to provide comic relief. Um, this character was often referred to as the sissy or the pansy. And P.S. I'm reading from uh, Trista DeVries from Sissy to Brokeback Mountain, a, hist- a brief history of queer cinema. Um, so at, at, at its height in the 30s, the sissies ex- um, existed in many forms throughout cinema that included everything from confidants to valets to secretaries and matchmakers. Um, they were embraced by filmmakers uh, like Arsenic and Old Lace, um, characters that showed the side of life that was sophisticated, pleasurable, and carefree. You didn't really see, like, suppressed or oppressed. Like, these were guys who were affluent and just, like... Had no care in the world and right. couldn't be like bogged down by the like trials and tribulations of silly women and like <laughs> things like that. Um, they were mostly there to like, you know, be comic relief to the straight people who had all these awful things happening in their lives. Um, it, it, in the forties, they evolved to be like a, a, a veiled threat to regular society and, um, especially to heterosexuality, heterosexuality. Um, and this was often communicated by depicting a sissy in darker tones, often with violent subtext. Um, there was also the shock gay factor. Um, this says that everyone from Charlie Chaplin to Fatty Arbuckle to Catherine Hepburn employed this tactic to get butts in seats, giving rise to the idea that actors in drag is something people will pay to see, even if only for curiosity's take. Um, actors in drag is a device that has been employed by both gay and straight filmmakers for various purposes up to the present day. Films like Some Like It Hot, Glenn or Glenda, Tootsie, and Mrs. Doubtfire have employed this device for a variety of purposes, but frequently for some kind of personal gain. Um, get the girl, get the story, get the family back. Um, while films like Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, or The Birdcage have characters in drag uh, as a lifestyle choice, something that's not seen as often on the screen. Um, <laughs> after the Hayes Code, though, like, America was like, nah, son, we don't want homos on film. The big change occurred when the movie Moguls got together. Let's save Hollywood. We must get an outsider, preferably some politician who was above suspicion. So they looked into the cabinet of Warren G. Harding. At that time, there were a number of unindicted members of his cabinet. And they picked the postmaster general, Will Hayes of Indiana, who looked not unlike Mickey Mouse. The code sets up high standards of performance for motion picture producers. It states the considerations which good taste and community value make necessary in this universal form of entertainment. Will Hayes would head the movie's first voluntary effort at self-censorship. The early Hayes Code was a token gesture, seldom taken seriously. 
But by 1934, the Catholic Church had devised a scheme of its own. The Legion of Decency not only rated movies as to content, but threatened massive boycotts. Hollywood promised to play by the rules. Code director Joe Breen ran Hollywood censorship machinery for over two decades. He was authorized to change words, personalities, and plots. A novel about a sexually confused alcoholic became a movie about an alcoholic with writer's block. A novel about gay bashing and murder became a movie about anti-Semitism and murder. Our American people are a pretty homely and wholesome crowd. Cockeyed philosophies of life, ugly sex situations, cheap jokes, and dirty dialogue are not wanted. And so Hollywood had to flip the script and kind of really move gaze into the oppressed, bad, villainry shit that, you know, lasted forever. You know the way gays are. Right, 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 right. I am devious as fuck. Yeah, exactly. Pure evil hearts of black. (laughs) Right. (laughs) On film, you couldn't include swearing, excessive violence, drug use, and, of course, sexuality and sexual perversion, which they meant faggotry, essentially. (laughs) Um, So it... I mean, the sissy was essentially, like, no more. Like, she was gone, girl. (laughs) Um, And that led to treatment of gay characters as criminals or villains um, that, like, threatened liberty, pursuit of happiness, and all that other garbage that no one cares about. Uh, Yeah, so it was okay to have... This is a great line. It was okay to have queers on screen just as as long as everyone knew that they were terrible people. (laughs) Which, you know what? To this day, rings true. (laughs) As long as everyone knows I'm garbage. (laughs) It's fine. Um, in the 60s, the Hayes Code was liberalized, um, and Hollywood just wanted to, like, compete more. It, you know, it was not so much like a, we don't care about morals or thing anymore, but it was money, honey. Um, and then also that was kind of like the gay rights movement started taking off, you know? You know, after Stonewall, um, it was a major turning point for the motion picture industry decided to, like, oh, these are people that are coming together for a cause, and that's a block of people that we want to make, um. Yeah, that we can monetize. Exactly. Like, yeah. that's, that's, that's exactly Capitalism. It. Um, and so th- here comes the boys in the band. Yeah. Um, which is considered to be Hollywood's first attempt, um, to directly attract the gay market and to get a homosexual audience. Yeah. Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday, dear Harold, happy birthday to you. Who the hell are you? Well, she's I... Harold's present from me, and she's early, and that's not even Harold, you idiot. <laughs> well, you said whoever answered the door. But not until midnight. He's supposed to be a midnight cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> he is a midnight cowboy. He looks right out of a William Inge play to me. Not until midnight, and you're supposed to sing to the right person, for Christ's sakes. I told you, Harold has very, very tight, tight, black, curly hair. This number's practically bald. <laughs> Thank you, and fuck you. Good thing I didn't open the door. <laughs> not that tight and not that black. Oh, I forgot. And besides, I want to get to the bars by midnight. He's a class act all the way around. What do you mean, get to the bars? Sweetie, I paid you for the whole evening, remember? I hurt my back doing my exercises, and I want to get to bed early. (laughs) Are you ready for this one? (laughs) Well, that's too bad. What happened? I, uh... I I lost my grip doing my chin-ups, and I fell on my heels and twisted my back. You shouldn't wear heels when you do chin-ups. <laughs> Based um, off a great stage play. Yep. Which is actually being revived, I believe. Yes. Yeah. It seems like every white gay actor in New York is, yeah. like, in it. Jumping aboard. Uh-huh. Just one black character. So. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, mainstream press and audience celebrated the film, while many in the gay community felt it only reinforced stereotypes and, again, depicted gay and bisexual men as deeply unhappy. Um, in the 70s, there's a natural thing, something for everyone in Cabaret, um, which were also aimed at gay mainstream audiences. I watched Cabaret for the first time. Can you Have be- you never seen Cabaret? Can you believe? Which is so funny. <laughs> that was a queer eye joke, everyone. Uh- <laughs> I'm bringing it back. <laughs> Slowly things are happening, um, more, we're getting, like, musicals, we're getting things- t- Are we getting musicals? We're getting musicals. For the gays. For the, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can you believe? Um, and then in, in the 60s and 70s, queer cinema, uh, like, the underground is where it's starting to take over. Um, in the 80s, it's about, like, anger, um, religion, um, the AIDS crisis is happening, which is leading to creation of art, um, and it was not just like, you know, oh, gays are people too, it's like, we're like, fuck the police, like, we're here to fuck shit up and show who we are, um, so, the 80s and 90s, like, the 90s especially, like, that was new queer cinema movement, um, it was a boom for gay film, um, it, uh, so new queer cinema is a term applied to films written and directed by openly gay people, frequently highlighting openly gay characters uh, who are likewise open about their sexuality. Um, this wasn't necessarily like gay movies about uh, coming out per se, no. but it was about like, we're here, we're gay and we're doing shit. Yeah. And this is our experience uh, in these, in, in, in cities and relationships. Um, and, and you get, you know, people like Greg Araki out of yep. that and, um, Todd Haynes, Todd Haynes, and uh, Gus Van Sant, John Waters, John, uh, yeah. Well, John Waters was a little bit before then. He was, he was a little, but still, John Cameron Mitchell, yeah, John Cameron Mitchell, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Lots of, I mean, the '90s truly was this this huge explosion of uh, gay cinema. Um, so you get the Birdcage, Two Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar, In and Out. The, the, the gay films that are palatable to straight audiences. Right, exactly. These, these are <laughs> things that like, straight people are like, oh, that's not too like crazy. We, we don't have to laugh at them. We can the, laugh with them. They're like, wait, I like Nathan Lane. <laughs> yeah, that Nathan Lane and Robin Williams. It's, it's funny to have those two straight men. Right. Little did they know Nathan? <laughs> Little did they ever know Nathan. <laughs> He was like, no, I'm really gay, guys. That's <laughs> yeah, who I am. He's like, <laughs> he's like, I don't know how to be more gay. Um, and so uh, these movies, though, re- return to the campy depiction of homosexuality um, as the beginning of the 20th century, often undercoming, often coming under criticism from the gay community. Everybody in the business, we all get paid more than we should. We all get paid more than our fathers ever made. And there's always the fear that they're going to take it away from us. So we better be, and that's why, you know, most people in those roles are conservative. Most people who run big businesses in America are conservative. Most newspaper chains are run by people who are conservative. The public is always ahead of us about what they're ready for, I think. And if you do it well, if you, if you pierce the, uh, the heart truth of what the public is feeling and thinking... You have a hit. This article kind of ends at Brokeback Mountain, um, and which was like, again, a huge breakthrough for Hollywood because yes. it was maybe the first time where it's serious cinema for like a Hollywood elite, um, type people. Um, and that is a super brief kind of overview from like the Nancy character to, um, straight people trying to get Oscars for playing gays, um, to this day, I think, you know, I mean, it's been, 
are are we kind of like in this like wonderful time for gay filmmaking? Because there's been a lot of gay movies like last yeah, year. Yeah, well, last this year, year I was gonna say last two year too. Ago. And I was I was I was thinking about like you know specifically last year. Um, uh, you know there was I mean everybody everybody talked about Call Me by Your Name, but outside of Call Me by Your Name, there was you know God's Own Country. Uh-huh. Um, Everything is escaping my brain right now. Well, Moonlight came out two years ago. Moonlight came out two years ago, uh, which I, I feel like was, you know, it winning Best Picture was a, was a huge. Big, um, but I'm trying to think, of, like, I had this list in my head of all, all the, like, ma- like, mainstream queer cinema movies that came out last year. And I do mean mainstream. That's right. what's crazy. Beach Rats came out last Beach year. Beach Rats, uh, The Wound, which is a really amazing, uh, South African film, um, that I, I cannot recommend enough. Um, uh, two years ago we got Closet Monster. Yeah, um, Pariah came out three or four years yeah, ago, maybe. Um, I think it, certainly in the United States specifically, you know, we got uh, marriage equality happened, yeah. and we're that's not the end, folks. It's not the it's not the end. But <laughs> anyways, in the same kind of vein, people are people. Hollywood is realizing, oh, we can make stories about gays, and they will show up to buy right. shit to see themselves on the silver screen. Um. So yeah, I think uh and, and I I what I was the only thing I was worried about was like there are so many terrible gay movies. Yeah. Everyone knows that. Yes. But yeah. you know, um companies like Wolf Studios and TLA releasing for a long time and for a lot of young gay kids at the time, that was all they could get their hands on. Um, and also shout out to Strand releasing as well. Yeah, yeah. That's another one I'm sure you saw a lot of. Yeah. Part. Wolf and TLA and, and Strand are like the big They're the you know, big, you know, they were they're putting out these like micro budget movies that you know, are not uh, maybe like <laughs> have the best acting, the best yeah. character, like you know. But some some gay out there is funding them, and like yes, let's just have a, a gay story of like silly, you know, whatever. And also, I think people shit on them a lot for you know having gratuitous sex and stuff. But for a lot of us, like that's all we could see. You right. know, when we were teenagers, oh it's my like God, yeah. I didn't know you know what it looked like for men to be kissing each other. No, yeah, and H as as a as a person discovering their sexuality as a kid, HBO and Cinemax, and I'm not even talking about, like, the dirty stuff. I'm talking about stuff that they would just run during the day right. were essential. Right. Like, you know, the, the movies, like, Get Real and mm-hmm. uh, Head On, and, like, these are things I would see and yeah. absorb and be like, oh, I'm never, you know? I'm yeah, you, you used to... I, I remember... Like, there's that awful Latter Days. It's, yeah. Like, and it's, like, the Mormon guy falling in love with, like, the hot Hollywood guy, and, like, it's, like, crazy. And I was just like, oh, my God. What are you doing here? I came after you. How could you leave without saying anything? It's not my choice. I am being sent home in shame. And I'm probably going to be excommunicated. For just a kiss? Don't get me wrong, it was a nice kiss, but hey, come on. We didn't even get to use our tongues. You wouldn't understand. Kissing. Men. Like, abs. Whatever. Um, and, and these are all silly movies, and I, I, I was, I was listening to, um, this other podcast, uh, what's it called? Still Processing. It's by the New York Times. Um, and they mostly talked, they, they had an episode about, um, criticizing, uh, black movies and how, you know, they didn't want to talk shit about A Wrinkle in Time, but like, it wasn't everything they wanted it to be. But they, they said something that I, I really responded to was, you know, you have to be critical of what you love, no matter yeah. what. And you have to be critical, and it's only fair to really take a look at, uh, 
it's, it's only helping the cause I, to be critical and not be like all gay movies are great and it's fine and right. we like and I saw and I saw some genuinely really bad movies and doing oh, this too, absolutely I got I got the the most upset and I'm I'm not gonna include this in my in my bottom because my I think my uh, five star reviews and one star reviews are probably gonna be more conceptual than normal conceptual but, uh, but the um, there's this one film that's on Netflix called Below Her Mouth, and I really wanted to love it because it's an all-female crew and it's a lesbian movie, but it was basically softcore porn with bad acting in between right. and, like, no like no semblance of characters. You come to girl parties often? I don't come at all. Can I change that for you? I, I even tweeted out at one point, I was like, at what point do you ditch out in a movie because right. it's so bad? Yeah. But I, I watched the whole thing, and I just... Because I wanted an all-female cast and crew... Oh, not cast, but crew... That's a hard thing to pull off, right? And I was really impressed by that. It's and that's a bad movie. And that's kind of what I'm getting around to, like with these big three uh, movie production companies that are putting out these movies for gay audiences specifically. Yeah. They're not pussyfooting around, like, oh, here's a side gay character. They're not yeah. trying to be mainstream. They're delivering it. Like Wolf, right now, you can. They have a, their own video on demand service. Yeah, I can't even imagine being like a teen right now, being able to go online and seeing not just porn, but like actual movies where you see people dating and like yeah. the complicated things with like finding out who you are and date like it's just uh, good for them yeah. you know good for them for finding on all the reading i was given to do in school was always heterosexual every movie i saw was heterosexual and i had to do this translation i had to translate it to my life rather than seeing my life happy two-week anniversary oh and you remember <laughs> which is why when people say to me your work is not really gay work it's universal and i say up yours you know it's gay and that you can take it and translate it for your own life is very nice but at last i don't have to do the translating you do quickly also want to mention there are more gay film festivals than there are any other type of film festivals in the world and i fucking love that (laughs) um I was I was watching um, Fabulous, which is on Amazon Prime, and it's also kind of like a overview of queer cinema. And they talk about the film festivals were about the films, but they were also about community and people coming together to watch the movies and talk about that and and, and help each other out. And that's one of the things that I think uh, non queer people ha- don't have a, a tendency to understand uh, about things like that or why like people people like I feel like. Non-queer people, and I don't want to lump everybody together, but they, you know, they see like gay bars as just a place that people hook up, or is right, like at worst, like a zoo almost, where they can sort of observe. It's so crazy in here, wow! But but, like, it's a place where people that feel alienated most of the time in their lives can congregate and talk to other people and be who they are freely. Freely, yeah, absolutely. Um, I would. So I used to live in San Francisco. You know this. Yes. You guys might not know this. I do know this. Um, I went to... <laughs> Welcome back to Trivia About Louis. Right. <laughs> the weekend I moved there, um, I, and the first day I went to the Castro, uh, the, the beautiful Castro Theater is there, and I, and the Frameline Film Festival, which is a 40 plus year old, it's the oldest, uh, gay, uh, film fest, um, in, I think ever? I don't know. <laughs> don't fact check me on that. But it, it, I think it's for sure the oldest in America. Um, and I was like, I'm gonna buy, the next, the, the, the ticket for whatever's playing next. And I thought I'm going to go see like an important movie about gays. And this would be like very thought provoking. Ask me what the ticket was for. What was the ticket for, Louis? It was called Hot Guys with Guns. <laughs> it was. Did it live up to the name at least? There were hot guys. There were guns. Um, I was standing in line by myself 
And an older gay behind me was like, are you here alone? I was like, yeah. He's like, oh, I'm here with my husband. Why don't you sit with us? So darling. It wasn't creepy at all. They they sat down with me. And then I said goodbye afterwards. And it was amazing. Um, The year, like the year before I left, um, I saw an amazing, and I'm, I'm just trying to like paint a picture of like gays coming together to see stories about themselves I went and saw um, a documentary called uh, Southwest of Salem, The Story of the San Antonio Four. Um, and I bought a ticket. I went by myself. Um, and San Antonio is close to where I grew up. Um, and I heard about this case. And it's essentially about these four um, women who got wrongfully um, accused and were imprisoned for having, like, sexual satanic garbage with, like, one of those women's um, nieces. Um, the documentary is powerful their story is powerful uh it was powerful being surrounded by people in the community who are seeing this and then they fucking bring the actual women on stage like spoiler alert like they were exonerated um they come on stage and one of them grabs a microphone and says i feel like i'm at home and i swear to god the standing ovation chills i was crying of happiness and just thinking, like, this is the community. This is the community right now. We're supporting each other. You know, I, this guy next to me was screaming, like, welcome home. You're here. You made it. I was... That's beautiful. I was... It was insane. I have never... Like, there's moments when you feel that intensity inside of you. Um, and it's not, like... It's, it's, it's pure joy and happiness. And um, it, it, incredible. If you can find that documentary, it's incredible. Um, their story is amazing. Um but yeah, I, that all that just to say, if you can get a chance, there's lots of gay film festivals all around the world. Um, some are huge, some are small. Support them when you can, um, and meet some cool people and yeah. watch some good movies. Um, so yeah, I think that wraps up our maybe history lesson, right? Yes, I think so too. I think that's a good. I think that's a good place, you know. Right. There are lots of movies we're not gonna get to. Tweet oh yes, yeah. and and that's what was that? Tweet at us. <laughs> yes, tweet at us. Uh, absolutely. I. Uh, I'm, I'm so nervous. People are going to be like, you didn't mention this. You didn't mention this. You didn't mention this. Seriously. We know. Yeah. We know we have no, no <laughs> it's time like, to Should I read? I don't want to read the list of I, 84 movies I saw, yes, but I, I promise. To, yeah. Uh, we, but we hopefully saw them. And if we didn't, you know, tweet at us. Yeah. Let said. us know. So I want to be more positive on the way out. So right. I think we first should move into our one star reviews. One star reviews. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. I like that. Late in the game, like literally two days ago, I was like, I think I'm ready, I'm ready, ready. And then I saw one Have last you narrowed movie. it down to one movie? It is two movies, okay. but... Uh, I, I will accept two movies. I was like, but really, out of all queer cinema? <laughs> like, well, I just decided, like, okay, so I'm just going yeah. to rip it off. So my number one least favorite gay movie is 1997's Chasing Amy. I remember watching this as a younger person and being like... This is barely even a gay movie. This doesn't count. Who cares? I rewatched it and I was like, it absolutely is. It's just a fucking awful, terrible, not good. Holy shit. Like it is a Kevin Smith directed this, um, Ben Affleck stars. It's part of like the weird Jay and Silent Bob verse, I guess, but there's like a meta thing because it's whatever. Um, let me just read the little synopsis. It's an American romantic comedy drama film written and directed by Kevin Smith, written is what's key here. The film is about a male comic artist who falls in love with a lesbian woman to the displeasure of his best friend. Um, his Ben Affleck plays Holden McNeil. 
awful name, Holden. Yeah. Um, and Jason Lee plays Banky Edwards. Other awful name. Um, and they're comic book artists and friends. They meet a fellow comic book artist. Her name's Alyssa Jones. Normal name. Normal human being. Played by Joey Lauren Adams, who also was in, like, um, uh, Big Daddy. Um, other things of that time, playing hot girlfriend type character. Um... Holden is attracted to Alyssa, but, like, they even go to a lesbian bar, and he's like, oh, she, like, is into me, and he, they don't get that they're a lesbian bar, um, and then she's, like, hooking up. She finally realizes she's a lesbian, but then, like, and he's mad. He's like, you didn't tell me you're a lesbian. Oh, and she's like, well, yeah, but I, I just want us to be friends. I'm like, it's fine. Let's be friends. And then they, like, have this relationship where they're friends. But then there's, like, a crazy fucking awful scene where they're in the rain. And he's like, I love you. And I need to tell you. Blah, blah, blah. This and that. And for a moment, I'm like, this movie's going to do the right thing. And she's going to be like, fuck you all the way off. And I leave. <laughs> and she does leave. Literally one second later, she turns around and starts making out with him. And I was like, this is garbage, white man, straight fantasy. Yeah. And literally the rest of the movie is, like, she's like, all it took was you. I was looking for you. It doesn't matter. Like, I'm into... and. Bisexuality, great. Loving the concept. Yeah, yeah. But this, she is a lesbian in this movie, for sure. She's... I, uh, the, there, oh. there is a common trope in many films about being able to turn someone. And yeah. I, more than anyone, know sexuality is a spectrum. Yes. I identify as bisexual. Like, I get that. But there are many, many films in which a character is not, does not... You know, you don't have to choose a label. Right. But do not... Identify as any until they get right. one good lay, right. and then suddenly there's even a joke about it in the movie where he's like, "So what made you choose me? Like, wh- why me? Why am right. I the one to like turn you?" And she like gives this like really ham-handed like, "Oh, it does like whatever." Um, there's also this like has been in two movies where he's turned a lesbian too. Just garbage, yeah, just garbage. Because Geely is apparently also. Oh, true, true, true. I've not seen it. No, absolutely not. Never. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so they have a romantic relationship. And, uh, Banky is upset or some shit. There's all, the, the, the true star of this movie is their, like, other friend. He's a black queer character. Yeah. Um, he is the true star, the only saving grace of this movie. Um, to add insult to injury, by the way, mm-hmm. at the end of Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, there's a scene with reprising his character who is now with Banky. What? Yeah. That's, I mean, it's almost like, I, I understand like the no labels fluidity of sexuality, but they painted her so hard as a lesbian. She has her lesbian friends. There's a scene where she's like using they pronouns and they're like, what's the deal? And she's like, well, it's a guy. And they're like, oh, another one bites the dust. And it just feels like Kevin Smith is like, just being like, ha ha ha, I can do whatever I want with this character. And, you know, there is no, um... Uh, he just basically shits on the entire idea of a lesbian woman and a straight man having a relationship where they are actual friends. He's shitting all over it. I used them! You don't think I would have let it happen if I hadn't wanted to, do you? I was an experimental girl, for Christ's sake! Maybe you knew early on that your track was from point A to B. But I like you, I was not given a fucking map at birth. So I tried it all. That is until we, that's you and I, got together. And suddenly I was sated. Can't you take some fucking comfort in that? You turned out to be all I was looking for. That missing piece in the big fucking puzzle. 
Look, I'm sorry that I let you believe you were the only guy I'd ever been with. I should have been more honest. But it just, it seemed to make you feel special in a way that me telling you over and over again how incredible you are just wouldn't get across. Oh, I'm sorry. Just don't do that. It's disgusting. It truly is. I was so upset watching this movie. Um, I, I want to point out, like, there are um, many uh, amazing lesbian films from that time period. If you uh, want to go out and see one instead of... Cleanser palette. Yeah. And, and some of my favorite ones are directed by uh, Rose uh, Trochi, I want to say is her name. Uh, I'm really bad at pronouncing last names, but uh, T-R-O-C-H. Um, she directed uh, Go Fish. Uh, Mm -hmm. which is an an amazing lesbian independent film. I had this great fear that the moment we were supposed to meet would be thwarted. Maybe it already has been. I think I saw her on the subway yesterday. I saw her and I thought, we were supposed to meet yesterday on the bus. She was supposed to sit down next to me, spill her soda on me, and we were supposed to laugh, make a game of cleaning it up where we touch each other more than necessary, coincidentally get off at the same stop, get to talking, and then there's a moment where she says... Well, like she feels dumb because we really don't even know each other, and we've been talking like old friends, and that's when I realize how excellent she is in every way. And we kiss right there in the street, and it's a moment we talk about for years later, how we never believed in love at first sight until we met each other. Oh, and also uh, Cheryl Dunn's uh, The Watermelon Woman uh, yeah. from 1996, which is another really great, like, lesbian classic. Classic, if you will. Uh, Okay, so Gavin, hit me with your one-star review. So I don't have a one, but it's funny because yours falls into it because it was heavy on my mind. And so basically, I think the the worst thing happening in gay cinema, and sorry straights, is straight men making gay films. Ah. <laughs> and, and my biggest defenders are things like Chasing Amy, or uh, I watched this film when we did Gina Davis called Me, Him, Her, which was a Max right, Landis film, right, right. which uh, has a has a gay male character in what, as one of the leads, and a gay female character as one of the leads, who just has never had sex with a man and just didn't know that, like, right. she's just waiting for the right man to come along, uh-huh. and that's their storyline, and the the gay guy's storyline is that he doesn't want to come out because it'll ruin his career, so he's having nightmares about giant penises. That happens. Like, that happens. Just, I need you to come to LA. I'll pay for everything, okay? Like, flights and all that. You won't have to worry about anything. What's going on, man? Is everything... Corey... I'm gay. I know. What? You're gay. How do you know I'm gay? You don't know I'm gay. Hmm? How long have you known I'm gay? Well, we met, what, freshman year of college? Well, then why didn't you tell me? Why didn't I tell you your sexual orientation? I can't believe how calm you are about this. You're, you're not subtle. Oh, what about me is gay? <laughs> are you fucking with me right now? This is, this is my whole life here. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm glad it's out. It just, this like immature, like, I see you guys and I recognize you and I want to help, like, right. is so offensive and gross and there's something really toxic it's in like it. It's like this, like, this clear misunderstanding. Right. It's, uh, you, oh no, I don't want to come out because dicks and, and scary. And, and I, th- and I think people like Kevin Smith, who, you know, feel bad shitting on him because he just had a heart attack, whatever. 
or Max Landis, who's an awful fucking thing. Um, the like they think they think they're being allies. They right. think they're helping, yeah. and like there are people who can pull it off. You know, Ang Lee did yeah. Brokeback Mountain, yeah, and handled it in a very sensitive nature. Sure, it has that tragic ending, mm-hmm. um, but like. <laughs> I don't know. There's something really, really frustrating to me about the the sort of like outside looking in, right? But like, it, it, especially because there are so few people in the mainstream of Hollywood that right. are able to tell their own stories in the first place. Yeah. Um. I don't mean to like piggyback off yours, but no, please, literally, please literally do. my second like movie that I that was like a late breaking add in was a movie called Date and Switch. Um, came out in 2014, directed by a straight guy, Chris Nelson, written by Alan Yang of, um, is that his name? I think that's his name, uh, who won an Emmy for doing Masters of None. Um, and it is basically, first of all, there are like 38 year olds playing high school kids. It is insane. Um, like it truly is insane. Um, and it's basically about like two guys that are like just bros and like they want to get laid before prom and then uh oh turns out one of the bros is gay and oh i did know about this movie and like they so date and switch apparently the movie was originally titled uh gay dude um and there is like a thing happening now in like a gay cinema where there's like the gay dude movie fourth man out kind of falls into this it's like i was gonna say fourth man out so it's like uh i'm gay but like i'm not like that gay like i just like want to hang out with my friends and eat Doritos and play video games. I'm like, yeah, there are gays of like, yes, you don't have to be like super mask, whatever to do that. And that's, and I, and I, I'm appreciative of covering the entire spectrum of gays. Like I get it, but like, it's a very thin line to be walking. And like, you don't need to be shitting on other gays so you can feel good about your like quote, normal gay self. Yes. Like, okay. And he literally, it's like, Oh, he, in Date and Switch, they go to a gay bar and he's like, Oh my God, I hate it here. There are queens everywhere and dancing and blah. For his first date, when he, that he goes on with like this love interest he has, who's literally 57 years old, um, which like is fine, yeah. except they're supposed to be in high school. They like go to a wrestling match and I'm like, Oh yeah, cause this is like so straight, like right. cool. Um, yeah, that genre is like very, like there has not been a good, like fourth man out was fine, I guess. Yeah. But it was very much like... I didn't see it. I just realized I, like, g- gave an affirmation. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, wait. Yeah, I didn't watch it. No. I, I watched it, and it's fine. It's it's not, like, super offensive. Like, Date and Switch is offensive. How are things with you and Maddie? Yeah. Uh, Maddie is not answering my calls as of late. What? Why? I mean, I I get it. It's 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 not easy to come out of the closet and then, and then stay there, you know? Um... When I came out in high school, my best friend, he basically disowned me. And he was a water polo player. It's the faggiest sport there is. I mean, those guys, they, they wax their assholes. When I came out, my best friend stopped sharing sodas with me, stopped giving me rides to school, defriended me on Facebook, and then moved to Germany. The moving part was unrelated to me coming out. I think that's definitely part of the problem. And I, I don't know specifically those films if, if they had, you know, a, a queer person writing them uh, or working on them behind the scenes to, to make them. But the, the problem is, is when you, when there's that sort of navel gazy, like yeah. looking in, they don't understand that they shouldn't be coming from like 
being being queer is not normal. Right. And that seems to be yeah. the thing is like that you need to move towards heteronormativity regardless of like every like heteronormativity is just the end point be all of everything right. and just moves towards it's that. Like, and it's like there's a falling out and at the yeah. very end like Oh wow, your best friend came. You're still you. You're still my friend. I'm like, wow, the big resolution is that you're yeah. still cool. Like, wow, groundbreaking storytelling here, guys. Yeah. Like, I have not, in, in these movies, there's always the like conversation joke of like, you like dicks? You want to get your dicks inside of you? I have not seen that scene happen in queer cinema that's like funny or right. like interesting. It's like, Right. And, and the guy's like, well, I don't know, man. Like, I've never done this before. I just know, like, I see a guy and I'm into him. Like, okay, I, shut the fuck up. Mainstream people dislike homosexuality because they can't help concentrating on what homosexual men do to one another. And when you contemplate what people do, you think of yourself doing it. And they don't like that. That's the famous joke, I don't like peas and I'm glad I don't like them because if I liked them, I would eat them and I hate them. I think straight men are more uncomfortable with two men making love because somehow that means you're weak, you know? And people equate weakness with male sensuality towards other men, not realizing that that's a ridiculous theory. But that's, you know, that's why people say, oh, I'm a, I'm a man. Like, being a man is based on who you happen to be boning that day. I'm sure they mean well. Right. And the, and the problem is, too, is most of these films are, uh, you know, maybe not me, him, her, because it was kind of an indie, but, like, most of these films are the films that are more presented towards right. the mainstream audience. And then you have, you know, the, the sort of, like... Right. It, that was one of the things, as Love, Simon was coming out, people were like, that's great. Have you seen any of these independent films that have come out over the last... Right. So yeah, but uh, but that's uh, basically all I wanted. I know that seems like a cop out, but I, I'm also gonna go with more of a concept for my five star review, just because it's such an all encompassing thing, and I think it would be really unfair of me to narrow it down. But I think Chasing Amy is actually a very good choice for. It. I was like, <laughs> I saw a really bad thing. I saw something called Oy Vey, My Son Is Gay. <laughs> Horrifying, <laughs> awful. Like if all gay movies could stop doing the like. Oh, we're gonna go to an event and they don't know you're gay. What should I wear? And they do a montage of them wearing insane, like stupid things. It's yeah. like, should I wear this glitter vest? And I'm like, you know what to wear to a wedding. You right. know what to wear to a church. Right. Like, should I wear this sailor outfit, this cowboy hat? I'm like, Queen. Yeah. You know where you're going. Exactly. Stop pretending to be every <sighs> member of the village people. Right. Just put on a fucking blazer. You're fine. Literally. <laughs> um. <sighs> Well, I think this is a good time to move into our five-star reviews. Blessings ab- from up above. Right off the bat, if we're not talking about Moonlight, what the fuck are we talking yeah, about? Yeah, Truly and honestly. Yeah. I watched it again, and... It's it, so fucking good. It hit me so hard again. The acting in that movie is unparalleled. Each and every single iteration of Chiron, from little to Chiron to black... Insane. They don't even look like the same person, but in their eyes, I see the same person. I feel like Black, who's played by, oh, fuck, if I, uh, <laughs> Trevante Rhodes. Oh my god, Trevante Rhodes, who's dreamy. Oh my god. Um, Trevante Rhodes, who, ugh, the transformation to like, so masculine and hard, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of like, I think the best, um, gay movies out there have to deal with, 
um, queer people becoming hard from the world because they have to, to survive because they were, you know, little at the beginning of the movie, he's soft. Yeah. He's a soft little boy. I think we're all born soft, you know? Yeah. And, and we have feelings and emotions. Um, and, through not when I was built. I mean, born. <laughs> Shit, <laughs> you're caught. Destroy him. Uh, the, the in the second act of that movie, when it's Chiron, you see him get hard. You see him like you certainly see him get hard in the second act. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> you set yourself up for really that did. one, buddy. That was I gave you that one. That was a uh, that was a joke written by a straight man. Right. Thank you. <laughs> to, thank you. Got it. Thank you. Got it. Um, he, when he's being at, like terrorized by his classmates, and when he decides to retaliate, that's yeah. when his heart turns hard. And and in the and third, he cuts himself off. Yeah, like from everything he feels. Yeah, like I mean, and it's not. It's not just his. It's not know. just sexuality. It's, yeah. it's like living. Yeah. Um. And and he turns into you know he hated his mother who you know was this drug addict and Naomi Harris in this is in Crayob. Um. Yeah. Fucking filmed that role over a weekend yeah. while she was shooting Spectre because she yeah. plays Miss Moneypenny. Like, what the fuck? Casual. <laughs> Casual. She's like, guys, I'll be right back. I have something to yeah, do. Exactly. Like, I mean, I'm just, I'm just gonna be, I'll be on vacation in America for like five minutes. Right. Bye. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. Just the ending of that movie when Trevante Rhodes' um, character, he finally lets it down. Yeah. Because he sees Kevin again and they're having that, that beautiful moment. And, Everything that's not said Ugh. in those scenes. Oh my god. It's disarming. It, yeah. It's like fucking chilling. Yeah. And I mean that in the best way possible. Yeah. Like, yeah. And the movie itself is just beautiful. Yeah. Like, gorgeous style. Yeah. Just like, and, but not. I had somebody fucking tell me that they didn't think the cinematography in that movie was that great. Garbage. They're dead. Garbage. They're dead. Literally, how dare they? I don't know how they died. Can other you believe that I killed them? <laughs> um, I, I mean, Absolutely was the best picture of the year. Um, yes. and yeah, yeah. it, it's just, I don't, I don't think there's anything else to say. Uh, um, Ali Mahershala was also made. Uh, oh my God. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, literally every person, Janelle Monet. Janelle Monet, every person in that movie is just like, oh my God. I think we all as queer people have had that moment when you realize yeah. what the word faggot means. And when he asks and they're so kind. What's a faggot? A word used to make gay people feel bad. Am I a faggot? No. No. You could be gay, but you never let nobody call you no faggot. It's just like heart wrenching and um, a beautiful movie. So um, I don't think we need to talk more about Moonlight. Yeah. Just like I thought, right? Like if, we, if we're not talking about Moonlight, what the fuck are we talking about? Absolutely. Um, 
I I 100% agree. And so this is not to to take away uh, from anything. Uh, but I think if you if you're a, a young person who's only getting like stuff from HBO and everything, more power to you. But my I think really where it's at. Where's it at, Gavin? For queer cinema, especially if you're experiencing history, is documentaries. Uh, yeah. Oh my goodness. There I am surprised that you went this route. Yeah, there are Loving so it. many amazing documentaries. And I'll talk more about some of the other films that I, I like that are not documentaries. But there are so many amazing documentaries about the queer experience, about yep. actual experience, yep. um, that are really helpful and informative. Um, also, some- if you're like wanting a fucking good cry. Oh, yes, Woo! absolutely. I mean, that's right off the bat. How to Survive a Plague. Yeah, ruined my life. It's a, about the AIDS crisis, and it really like I, this movie only came out like what four years ago, yeah. five years ago, and filled in some missing pieces for yeah, me. Absolutely. And, like, if you do not, if you're if you're only vaguely aware of the AIDS crisis and what actually people were doing, and if, yeah. if all you know is like Dallas Buyers Club and like stuff oh, like please that, fuck like Dallas Buyers Club, like if if that's all you that can go on my bottom, right, right, like, <laughs> like if if that's all you know, like how to survive a plague. Is not just the science, it's yeah. like the people and the people who were like, there's a yeah. scene in that movie where they're actual mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters throwing the ashes of their loved ones who have died of AIDS onto yeah. the White House lawn. I think the quilt itself does good stuff and is moving. Still, it's like making something beautiful out of the epidemic. And I felt like doing something like this is a way of showing there's nothing beautiful about it. You know, this is what I'm left with. I've got a, a box full of ashes and bone chips. You know, there's no beauty in that. And I, I felt like a statement like this is like saying, this is what George Bush has done. You know, this is what him and Ronald Reagan before him have done. These are our loved ones, and this is what they've been reduced to, and we're bringing them to the person who's responsible for their death. I just never fucking knew gays could be so radical. Yeah. And and that's... And, yeah. Um, speaking of, by the way, uh, I do want to give a shout out. That was one of the ones I can remember. BPM, which I actually yeah. just saw. And the, there's an amazing ash throwing scene in that movie. Won't get too much into it, but that's yeah, it's really yeah. great. Um, so, uh, How to Survive a Plague. Uh, absolutely 100%. Uh, you need to see this film. Um, if you want to know more about... Uh, culture mm-hmm. and how that's progressed over time I actually have a, a really good triple feature for you. Ooh, triple uh, feature. Yes. Uh, starting in 1968 with, with the queen, Ooh. which I'd, have you never seen the queen? No. Oh my Don't God. We her. need to fucking watch the queen. Okay. Yeah, I love it. Uh, 1967. Is it about me? <laughs> yes. Um, 1967, New York city, miss all American camp beauty pageant. That's right. Oh my. A documentary God. from 1967. About queens, love that. Yes, oh my it's God. really, really brilliant. It is the movie that introduces uh, Miss Crystal Labeja to the world. Oh my God! Yes, okay, yes. yes. Now, now I'm familiar. Now I'm I, my head's in the game. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yes, of course. And uh, and flawless Sabrina. It's wonderful. I I can't ask for more from this film. It's it's worth every second of screen. Did you think she deserved it, darling? She didn't deserve it. Answer nothing. me. You're not speaking from the damn camera. You have a mind. Do you think she deserved it? You know she didn't deserve it. All of them, the judges knew it too. But she was terrible. She no and her deserved. explanation for why she wanted the money to put it in the bank. <laughs> She's not getting any money because Sabrina is not going to pay her. They're good friends. It's only publicity and it's bad publicity for Holland and all the rest because I'm declared as one of the uglier people of the world. 
then next time she should drop and the outfit off at the cleaners before York, she wears darling. it on stage. She better get the hell back to Philadelphia because she's one of the worst. And where's Miss Sabrina? Because I'll sue the bitch. Did you sign I will sue. No, I didn't sign any release. And if she releases any bitch on me, I will sue the fool. She won't make money off of my name, darling. She can make it off of Harlow and all the rest of the fools that will flock to her. But not Crystal, darling. And... You know, I guess if you want some stunt casting, Andy Warhol's in it. Too. I guess, <laughs> um, but uh, but it's it's really uh, this is Paris is burning before Paris is burning. Yes, and that's before I get to Paris is burning. Uh, I do want to put in a plug for what you should maybe watch in between those two movies. Okay, is uh, a portrait of Jason from 1967, which is actually from a year before. I, s- I saw. I, I didn't see the movie, but I saw it in my in my research. Yes. Uh, Portrait of Jason is about a hustler, which, I mean, he's a sex worker. Right. Um, and it's uh, filmed over one night, um, and it's an hour and a half, or a little over an hour and a half, um, and it's just interviews with him and him telling stories. And it gets a little verbally abusive towards the end. The, the interviewers are a little... But he, you realize so much of, uh, first of all, his experience and how awful, essentially, it was to... to be a gay man in the 60s, right. like how many times he's just a black been gay a, man, a right? black gay man, how many times he's just been arrested for existing in right. the world, for right. being out on the street. Of course. Um, and, uh, but he has such a, he's built such a wall for himself, such a theatrical character for himself mm-hmm. that it's impossible to look away. This all hasn't been a waste because these people are fascinating. You know, I mean, they think you're just a dumb, stupid little colored boy and you're trying to get a few dollars and they're going to use you as a joke and it gets to be a joke sometimes as to who's using who you know so i think as long as they pay enough you know whatever they say do i'll do but some of them are pretty ridiculous like i walked worked for one once a tall lanky sad looking blonde from alabama and all she claimed that her father had been head of uh city stores or something like that and she had a southern accent she was being kept by a very nice cat who owned a big business downtown and she'd enter the room this woman was so crazy (laughs) she had a dress with lampshades made like the dress and draperies and it was plaid taffeta and it was a one room apartment on east 64th street and she was always dashing madly you know and i'd be in the house doing nothing you know like sitting on my behind reading the magazine Magazine, or eating up all the lobster, eating up all the snails. And the minute I hear her coming, I'd get busy. And she'd enter and say, Jason, has Edgar been here? <laughs> Fix me some of my chicken. They always want chicken, you know, because they know all color folks know how to fix chicken. I'll be in the kitchen frying my ass off, you know. Yes, Miss Howard. I could, she hadn't been married in 20 years. We're still calling her Mrs., you know. And you realize how much... Um of the vernacular starts there yeah. and, and like it gets out to the masses. It's a like performance. Yeah, it's a performance. And there's one scene where he's literally, you hear one of the voices off from camera, like, are you ready? And it's like, yes, I'm ready. Tell them mother is ready. There she is. And it's Hello. like, absolutely. Um, and then from there, of course, more than anything, the most important documentary, uh, for all of queer culture, I think is 1990s Paris is Burning. Absolutely. Where you find out about New York's drag and ball scene and you get, you know, the house Labeja. Everything. Is, yeah, absolutely. If you even have like an inkling of liking dra- drag race, yes. like, this is your Hearst 
history. Like, uh, v- voguing, you yeah. learn all about the balls. And like, this is the thing, when I first watched it, um, I had no idea that there were other types of drag other than right. men dressing up. Like, there's, like, businessman yeah. realness. Yeah, yeah. And it's, like, you know, dressing up like a businessman and right. who could be the most convincing businessman. Yeah. I love that concept. And, and that's also the movie that really puts forward the idea that in queer culture, you get to choose, choose your, your family. family. Choose your family, absolutely. And and that's a really important thing, and you hear it over and over and over again. When someone has rejection from their mother and father, their family, they when they get out in the world, they search. They search for someone to fill that void. I know this for experience, because, because I've had kids come to me and latch hold of me like I'm their mother. Or like I'm their father because they can talk to me and I'm gay and they're gay and that that's where a lot of that baldness and the and the mother business comes in because they're real parents and give them such a hard way to go. They look up to me to fill that void because a lot of people, you know, much like you see in Moonlight, you know, get abandoned and right. the, the the difference for uh, for black is that he never got to choose his family. He right. never, he shut himself off. He had he, no one. He, yeah, cut himself out of the world. And that's, that's why he is the way he is. Right. And, and you need that familial element. You know, you find the people that right. will support you. So I, I really, I mean, there's so many other amazing documentaries. I, I mentioned Celluloid Closet earlier, um, to, to see how like queerness has evolved in, in pop culture. Uh, up until the mid nineties, <laughs> and um, uh, yeah, and but I think that's a, like these three documentaries are a good antidote to like the boom of gay movies in the nineties. Um, largely were white experiences, yes, um, affluent experiences. Um, you get thrown in there, even like you know if you see like the thing where it's like, oh, I'm religious and like it's hard to come out, and all. I mean, this is not me shitting on those movies. Like, we need these movies. We need all the gay movies. Um, but. Like, open up your eyes a little bit more. There's so much more. And really, the culture is like these underground, these documentaries documenting where we're getting all of um, the culture that has shaped gay, whatever gay is now yeah. from these movies. Ab- absolutely. Um, and there was uh, the, the Marsha P. Johnson documentary that came out yeah. last year. And I know there was controversy surrounding it over who owns what footage and whatnot. Regardless, it's actually pretty good. Yeah. It, I don't think it was mind blowing, but uh, I think the, I, I wish it'd been more personal mm-hmm. and less mystery oriented which i thought yeah. was a little strange. it was like we're trying to figure out who done it yeah, yeah. like and oh. and that but like but seeing you know the footage uh, is the footage amazing and and also like we also really treat trans people like shit in this yeah, country absolutely. and that's you know a really difficult thing as well um it's funny that you chose like this grouping because i also thought of this grouping for this other thing i want to mention um because I really want to t- specifically talk about British gay cinema. Um, I have here four movies that just ruined me. Um, <laughs> starting with 1986's Beautiful Thing. Um, and Beautiful Thing is such a good... I mean, to talk about a pivotal experience for me. Yeah, I mean, that and kind of Get Real also yeah. are these like two younger... Uh, these younger high school... And they... And the actors look like they're high schoolers. They might have even been high school yeah. age kids. And it's just about, you know, uh, one is uh, in Beautiful Thing. He's um, in love with his next door neighbor. Yeah. And his neighbor, who's also a, a classmate, who's abused by his parents. Um, and they just that like. Movie. I'm sorry. I just no, yeah, I love that movie. Like, and it's 
it's sexy but not um like perverted it's, yeah it's like you know he he gets beat by his dad and his brother and so he spends the night with him and he has all these bruises on his back and so he's like i'll rub some oil on you to like make you feel better have you ever kissed anyone and stuck your tongue in <laughs> looking like this you ain't ugly They've made me ugly. I don't think you're ugly. Yeah, to turn over. I'll do your front. I can't. I'm, I'm too sore. I make too much noise and your mama come in. And, like, it's a tender and beautiful, but it is yeah. sexy. Um, and uh, it's just, like, a really... Uh, he doesn't have a great relationship with his mom, but his mom does love him. And at the very end, it's so, so beautiful. They're dancing in front of everyone, yes. and the mom's dancing there, too. Gorgeous. Please go watch Beautiful Thing. Oh, love that movie. Um, these are a little bit more recent, but I I cannot talk enough about Pride. Yeah, Pride's a great movie. Pride came out in 2014. It came out at the same time that Garbage Stonewall movie came out. <laughs> um, what? I did not watch it. What? Did that happen? No. No? Okay. Um, <laughs> Pride, every time I watch it, I cry so many happy tears. Um, and, and it's about, uh, it's a historical comedy drama. Um, and it's, it's based on a true story and it depicts this gay and lesbian group of activists who decide to raise money for the miners who were affected by the British miners strike under, um, the Iron Lady, whatever the fuck her name was. Yeah. Um, Meryl Streep. Um, <laughs> when Meryl Streep <laughs> when was Meryl the Streep Prime Minister was, right. of England. Yes. Um, this movie is just the gays rallying together for these others and they find the commonality. Thatcher. Margaret That's Thatcher. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I uh, let it be known. I didn't have a phone in my hand at the time. It, it just came. came. It just then this steel trap. Right. <laughs> um, it, the movie is historical. It, it feels like you're learning history. And as Americans, I didn't know about this yeah. going on, but like uh, they're trying to raise money because it's just a gorgeous, beautiful, funny, yeah. sad movie. But at the end, it's like, Oh, the miners win because they raise so much money. And then later when the fucking gays need their help, literally all these fucking miners come out to help them. I was like, oh, there is some good monologuing in this movie. You get a garbled message over the phone. I thought the hour was for London. (laughs) London something. I never dreamed for a moment it was Alpha. Hi. This money you've raised, that's all from gays and lesbians. Mostly. Right. There we are. This is just the beginning. Oh, mm-hmm. you've got big plans. Well, I'm not going to pretend I'm not surprised. You could see that. Truth told, you're the first gays I've ever met in my life. As far as you're aware. That's true. And you're the first minor I've ever met. Yeah. <laughs> the other two, really quickly, Handsome Devil is on Netflix right now. Oh, I didn't, I didn't even watch it. It's really that. good. It's I, just... It kept being recommended to me. By the way, Netflix thinks I'm so gay right now. <laughs> and you are. <laughs> um, it's Handsome Devil is just about a kid who um, goes to a rugby access all-boys boarding school in Ireland. He gets a new roommate, and he's like the captain or some shit. 
and they hate each other for a while. Turns out they have like this beautiful friendship uh-huh. and um, they're both are gay. It's not like super romantic, but it's just, and they have a teacher um, who plays Moriarty in Sherlock. Um, what's his name? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly who you're talking about. You guys know who I'm talking about. Yeah, he's yeah. also in Pride. Yeah, he's good. He's like so him. good. Yeah. Um, and lastly, you mentioned earlier, God's Own Country. Yeah. Holy shit. I'm shocked in all of this that you have not brought up Weekend. Eh. I finally saw Weekend. It's yeah, fine. It was I liked fine. it. Yeah, I liked it. I liked I liked it. Andrew. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah. Weekend's yeah. fine. Yeah. Um, I thought God's Own Country, though, was just, like, yeah. visceral. Yeah. Um, Real sexy. It's super as, sexy. Uh, as it was put in my apartment when we watched it, it's really interesting that it's a movie about, like, putting things into orifices. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, a really crude way of putting it. But, like, literally, like, they're, like, impregnating, like... They're farmers. Yeah. Can you tell America? Yeah, like, yeah. they're farmers, they're guys. Farmers, yeah. They're farmers and... Uh, <laughs> This, they, they hire a, a farmhand from like Ukraine or something. And, yeah. Um, and they have to go out in the wilderness. And there's that thing where like guys who are like oppressed start fighting, but it's like sexy fighting. <laughs> and they're like literally rolling but, around in the mud. But I, lo- and- but I love that there's that moment where he's like, I know what this is about. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's like, hey. Yeah. Come down. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, it's also very beautiful though. Like it's, it's a very, uh, again, He's a very hard stone man and, you know, he's living in like not the greatest fucking city. He's yeah. like a shitty fucking life. And this other man is able to like just pull the softness out of him. Like be like, it's okay. Yeah. You're, you, you can be loved. You can be who you, you want to be. Um, this is a beautiful, gorgeous movie that I, I thought oh, was worth I'm glad mentioning. You, I'm glad you put those plugs in. And like, I literally, I mean, there, there's so, there really is, you know, Barbara Hammer's movie Nitrate Kisses, uh, which is a, a really fantastic, uh, film. Um, it's funny. So we haven't even talked about Call Me By Your Name. Call Me By Your Name. Do we I mean, care about do we, it? Yeah, we don't need to. It, it doesn't push the board. It's another white guy. But like, uh, Todd Haynes' Poison from the 90s, which was his first, uh, big movie. Um, you know what I saw that kind of like, um, I'd never seen my own private Idaho. Oh yeah, my and own I, private Idaho. I saw that and I was like, wait, the, they're doing Shakespeare. <laughs> yeah, the the Living End, which is like a, a violent, like not not a great relationship, but there's there's so much. I mean, I don't, I genuinely don't know if Greg Araki's actually made a better film than that movie. Um, he's certainly made a bunch though. A uh, Torch Song trilogy, which doesn't get enough credit, based off Harvey Firestein's play. It's so fucking good. It's so good. Gavin is like banging I, furniture in my. I love right that. Now. My beautiful laundrette. Like yeah. Uh, I also saw for the first time Victor Victoria. Victor Victoria is really funny, and it's Victor so Victoria. good. There's a there's a hu- huge selection of uh, movies that I, th- I think are really interesting. Uh, over time, you mentioned Boys in the Band. Uh, you know that movie deserves all the credit it gets. I know it's you know uh, yeah right. But, like, uh, The Fox is a really good closeted movie from, uh, but unfortunately it has to be tragic. Um, that's, The Fox is from the 70s as well. It's from, no, 67. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot of, oh, the queerest fucking movie, uh, that Joan Crawford was ever in, Johnny Guitar, 1954. We barely oh, mentioned yeah, it. Oh, yeah, we did barely and, mention and, that. Um, in the Joan Crawford episode, but yeah. So there's a, and Dracula's Daughter, which is well-worn ground that we've talked about before. Lesbians everywhere. Um, um I want a really quick week. I could not live with myself if I did not mention Pedro Almodovar's, oh like, my God. entire, I, entire, yeah, entire filmography. And, and listen, 
if you want to hear us talk more about queer films, these are all people we can do yeah. later on. We can do Amaldovar. <laughs> we, you know, like, but this is like, this is your queer one-on-one. Yeah. Um, oh, and also, uh, real quick, just going back, uh, back and back and back and back, um, Morocco, uh, Joseph von Sternberg from nine, the film from 1930, uh, that just has Marlena Dietrich at her fucking most, like, oh, oh, <laughs> like, she dresses in, a, she dresses in a suit, she kisses a woman, oh like, my yeah, God. yeah, yeah, 1930, rocking it. I mean, there's, there's truly so much, I mean, I, uh... Uh, like trick, longtime yeah. companion. Trick, trick um, How did you feel about Trans America? Uh, I didn't revisit it, it during this, and I'm sure there's a, definitely a lot of problems. But I didn't find it. Honestly, I thought her voice maybe was like the most weird thing. Um, it, she's such a good actress. Um, but I, yeah, I don't know. It's 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 at the time. I remember. I remember watching it. I'm being like, wow, this was made for no money. Um, Felicity Huffman is a goddess. Um, and her choice for the voice was a little bit strange. I can pay it back with interest. What do you need the money for? To get back to Los Angeles. Look at your life. You've never been able to stick to a decision. I mean, ten years of college and not a single degree. How do you know you won't change your mind about this too? Because I know. Don't do this awful thing to yourself, please. I miss my son. <sighs> Mom. You never had a son. How can you say such a thing? <laughs> now you know how I felt when you hired those private detectives. <laughs> we only tried to do the best for you. Is that why you tried to have me committed? You tried to kill yourself! Because you tried to have me committed. I don't know why you have to be so emotional. I am not emotional! God, my cycles all out of whack. You don't have cycles! Hormones are hormones. Yours and mine just happen to come in little purple pills. But uh, I thought, I mean, Trans America maybe was like one of the most like mainstream movies with a trans main character. Right. Um, oh, we did it. Speaking of trans characters, Tangerine. Tangerine. Yes, oh. absolutely. There is, there's no way we could make it out of this uh, episode without mentioning Tangerine, which is a, a absolutely brilliant film. And it's, I believe it's on Netflix. I yeah, believe, it's so a brilliant like, film about trans women, but it's also a brilliant film about sex workers. Right. And the relationships that they have with their Johns and what a positive relationship that can look like. Cindy! Did you get a lot of trade up in there or what? Daddy. I want you guys to come to my show tonight. Hello. I'm Girl. so excited about Daddy. that. Tea was the night before Alexandra. Dunny, goddess. Seven key and shark. Have any of you motherfuckers see Chester? No, not no. So. Here we go again. Bro, he filed himself trying to cheat on me. Well, I'm up in there, girl. Me, bitch. I wish I never told her. I heard about that fish. Who in the fuck is she? Desiree. Show me Desiree. Girl, do you really want to go back to prison? You just got out, mama. I told her that too. Don't you act like prison is a bad place to go. God, that movie is just like, yes, so good. Um, just a couple more and do it. Then we'll yeah. move into our fast forward just yes, real quick. Yes. Uh, Silkwood. I love Silkwood and I haven't seen it in years. Uh, Karen Silkwood, uh, story about radiation, but also there's lesbianism in it. Um, Leanna, 
which is not a great movie. It's a John Sayles film, but it is an interesting look at like what it was probably like to be a woman realizing she's a lesbian in 1983. Um, and also uh, a really terrible movie, but I want you to know that there was a there was a mainstream film with a, a like a gay plot line in it in 82 called making love. It's directed by Arthur Hiller. Um, and the log line is a perfect typical LA couple find their happily ever after life broken. When Zach confronts his long repressed attraction for other men, um, Harry Hamlin's in it. And, uh, that's for your housewives fans. Um, but, uh, Gavin with the deep cuts. But yeah, the, uh, I, I mean, like I said, I watched 101 of these movies two years ago. Can I just so, tell you, you're going to be so mad that you forgot this. This, this will be the last one. Fucking Carol. Oh, Carol. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and also, uh, I mean, Carol was my favorite film three years ago and it's still to this day. I mean, I love it. The, the looks, the longing looks. Oh my God, the longing looks. What do you do on Sunday? Nothing in particular. What do you do? Oh, nothing lately. Maybe you'd like to come visit me sometime. You're welcome to. At least there's some pretty country around where I live. Would you like to come visit me this Sunday? Yes. <laughs> what a strange girl you are. Why? Flung out of space. We barely even touched on international cinema that right. much. Um, the French make really great gay films. Um, I love this one from, uh, I think it's 2011 called, uh, Will You Still Love Me Tomorrow? Uh, oh, which is yeah. Taiwanese. Uh, Lil Ting. Lil Ting, uh, oh. which is just a cry fest. Right. And I, Devastation I love it. And Station. Uh, that's a British film. Um, yeah. So uh, there's, uh, there's a whole world. Hopefully this opened up a little bit to you. And, uh, now I guess we should move into our fast forward. Yeah, the future. You and me saw Love, Simon on the same day. We did, but not at the same time. Right. You were yeah. walking out. I Which was I in. hope you had a slightly better... I mean, I, I I, didn't have a terrible experience, but I did have a row of teenage girls behind me mm, mm. who had a bit of that voyeur, yeah, voyeuristic, oh. we're in a zoo. Like, You know what? I So I've read this book twice now, actually. Um, I read it like a while ago, and then we read it again for book club, and I... Uh, the discourse... For this movie also is just like, it's who, this is not like groundbreaking stuff. Like, right. There was that time article about like, do millennials or teens need yeah, which all, like, garbage? First of all, that's terrible headline. Right. Like, go fuck uh, yourselves time. Go fuck all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this movie, this book is aimed squarely at, you know, the parents in middle America who don't know how to talk to their kids right. about this. This is, this is not for you and me. Right. This is not for the queers in New York. Of course right. we don't need this. Like, I needed this in middle school. I needed this, right. like, you know. Um, Absolutely. And and I think that's where the discourse is at for, like, I, this movie would have been perfect for me, mm-hmm. like, 14, 15. Yeah. Like, the, those, the, the conversations that occur, especially being, and I'm sure it's also different for you, not being white, mm-hmm. but I am white, yeah. you know? So, like, I, but I get that. Even this, like, this movie is not... All that radical, but the mo- the there's a character Ethan who is black. He is out. Yes. he is femme. Um, he is not oppressed. No, he like snaps back at anyone who co- talks shit to him. And I was like, oh my god, this like any other like gay movie would not have a had him. Right, or he would be like the kid who's getting beat the shit out. Yeah, of. he'd be more of a joke, right? Know? And he's not. And there are some scenes in this movie where 
Um, Simon does interact with him. And, uh, you, you know, after Simon gets outed, uh, they kind of have, like, it's not like a big thing. They're not like, no, brother. But they have a scene. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, th- I thought that was radical for what this essentially is as a teen right. romance about a gay. No. And I, and I think, I think like there's like a third of me that's like really happy and really like this is important. And it's nice to have a, yeah. a teenage romantic comedy that's, that's so easily diverse also yeah. it didn't feel like here's the one black person right. like it, it's diverse across the board yeah. jennifer garner and yeah the jennifer garner speech like is really really Both beautiful and i and i i mean i the josh Dumel scene i love and i love the fact that he's like a soft homophobe instead mm-hmm. of like but at the same time i'm just like i boy kid you lucked out like right. i oh. lucked out i lucked out as well so For i can't sure. you know my my father passed away before i could discuss anything like this with him right. but my mother was is very accepting and and so like i i don't want to i don't want to shit on that because i had a really positive experience this is, he has a really this positive this is definitely experience. like you know the best version of what this but, experience could but be but you're right when you say like this is a film for parents the speech Jennifer Garner gives is the perfect thing Mm -hmm. for a parent to say. I need you to hear this. You are still you, Simon. You are still the same son who I love to tease and who your father depends on for just about everything. But you get to exhale now, Simon. You get to be more you than you have been in in a very long time. You deserve everything you want. My only negative criticism, and actually this comes from my wonderful roommate, Andrea, who saw the film with me, is why didn't she fucking hug him afterwards? Why did she just get up and leave? And I get it, she wants to give him his space, but like, <laughs> touch him, something, let him know you're physically there. And that's it. That's, you know. Yeah, I think even, a lot of people are talking about Jennifer Garner's scene. I think even the fa- the father scene, though, like, he makes all these gay jokes, yeah. like, as a straight dad would, yeah. I guess, and he's it's eating he's like i i didn't know this about my kid i've been talking all this mad shit right and he feels awful about it and i think that was also important because it's probably harder for i mean i know I for mean, a fact it's harder for dads to yes. talk to their kids about and and, and i and i did the moment that he asked him how long yeah and when simon has to like pinpoint it and he has that realization that like he's been lying to, not lying but like not being himself with yeah. him yeah. for that i felt right like i felt that weight and kudos to josh dumel for giving that performance who knew <laughs> uh, but uh but like the yeah the, i i did feel that yeah i think the movie is important and i think there are it's not the perfect movie it's not the movie no. it's not the movie to say no all it's gays. not a great movie i gave it like a out of five i gave it like a three star you know like it's it's, it's cute it's i very you know cute. the vindictive um Part of me wishes the villain got more comeuppance. Like, mm-hmm. I, I wish we actually hadn't gotten that final scene with him because I felt like they were doing like a redemption arc that I didn't need. But, um, right. uh, but yeah, like, but there are really, I don't know, there are really good things that I, and I do think they're, 
for middle America, for a straight audience, yeah. I think it's a more important film for them to watch. You know what? We have other things. We have, yeah. and I know they're not, some of them aren't recent, but like, we have beautiful thing, you know, yeah. we have, you yeah, know. I, I think, uh, it's a, it's a good first step and, you know, and even yeah. having Ethan there, yeah. a lot of people online were saying, I want the movie about Ethan. And I'm like, yes, I do too. Um, and I, and I hope we get there. Yeah. Uh, but even the representation of Ethan in this movie, the way he was, um, was really important. And, and somebody I follow, and this is not to like drag anybody, but somebody I follow tweeted out, like, I, like, I would rather have rewatched In and Out, which I think has better politics. And I, and I disagree. My face is disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. I disagree wholeheartedly. And I like In and Out. But, like, almost all the jokes in in and out are gay, gay panic jo- yeah, yeah. jokes. Oh, 10,000%. Perhaps maybe not the scene in which Tom Selleck kisses him, but he's still, it's still like a, like a shock scene. Yeah. Um, this was the most sincere, yeah. you know. So, somebody else tweeted out, sorry not to cut you off, but somebody else tweeted out, uh, Simon, whatever his last name is. Um, who fucking knows? Uh, it's, it's Simon, uh, who falls in love with anybody who he thinks is gay. Is the gay experience. And, and it's just like, yes. That's the gay experience. Yes. Like, oh, that gay, that cute guy looked at me. I'm in love. Yeah, exactly. Oh, this other guy. Killed? Yes. I'm in love. It's like, oh, you understand, right. then. You get right. it. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, we don't have to talk anymore about love, Simon. Just no, yeah. Just say it's it's a wor- it's a worthy view. It might I I the Garner's speech got me. I'll I'll admit I teared up. Uh, oh, for sure, I was um, a mess. I was cr- like. When he comes out to the friend, yeah. crying. You know, crying. actually, the moment I really started crying, and, like, I'm I'm a sap, so I really thought some of it would have gotten to me sooner. But the moment his little sister mm. comes in and she wants to fix things for him. Yeah. And that relationship I loved in the film, and I like the idea that, you know, he his interior monologue, because like, he's, in a way, and this might be me reading too deep, in a way, he's still lying to himself about things. Because he keeps telling you how much he, like, he, like, loves her, but he doesn't want to show her. But all he does is show her love throughout the movie. So when that scene occurs and he, like, yells at her, mm-hmm. I started crying because I get that. Like, I get the, like, well, yeah. she just wanted to help. She loves him. Like, well, this doesn't change anything for her. It's like the thing when, you, when, you're, when you're going through this process yeah. and you think you're alone. And yeah. you think no one understands and no one gets it. That's so real. And so even when you can't even see who is there yeah. to help you. Um, and like, I, I was losing it when like he tried to email blue and then like yeah. delete it. Yeah. And he was like, it's over. I have nothing. I have yeah. no one. Like his friends are, are gone. And, the, and like, if this were an independent film, that would have been the dark turning point. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> like, um, um, but yeah. Uh, so is there anything else? I mean, future queer cinema. Obviously, I would, I would love more trans films. Right. Um, about the, tra- not even necessarily about the trans experience, uh, more power to trans experience, but like films like Tangerine, where it's like the experience, yes, but also like this is a person living their life. Right. Yeah. Um, I, oh, I could have sworn I like thought this through, but I would just like, a lot of people have been saying like, where are the queer characters in the Marvel universe? Yeah. 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 Where, where is our, and, queer- that, and that would help the sort of mainstream. And I know that sounds ridiculous. I'm aware. I like, I'm aware listeners at home, like that sounds, you know, when you hear that you roll your eyes and it's like, but representation matters. Yeah. Representation is important. Yeah. Um, and I, I, people are saying, you know, why don't we get, you know, a queer person in James Bond yeah, yeah. A series? Um, stuff like that. I, I don't know. I, like, it's the, the gay, like, canon. There's even 
parody now where we had not another gay movie. Right, right. Um, there are gay horror films. Right. Um, and if these things can make their way into the mainstream where we have a saw where one of the characters <laughs> who is fucking getting tortured by Jigsaw is and a gay person. And that's and that's one of the interesting things the Cellular Closet brings up is in the 90s there's a huge backlash because a lot of times in film, uh, bisexual characters are gay characters. Um, and this wasn't just the 90s because I'm, there's also like a bunch of films from the 70s uh, where like uh, there if the 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 villain like one of the things that it turns out that that they're evil yeah. is also because they're, they're gay. gay. Yeah. Um, you see that in Basic Instinct. You see that in Freebie and the Bean. Yes. Uh, yeah. Oh, garbage. Um, first of all, it's like I'm crying. We didn't know it was a man because he was wearing a dress. I'm yeah. Like, Shut exactly. The fuck up. Um. So I get that, but also it is important to acknowledge that, like, <laughs> like. There are bad gay people. Yeah. There are yeah. bad people everywhere. Well, like, I mean, and, like, so, so we need to get to the point where, like, it, you know, not every bad person is gay, but some gay people can be bad. Yeah. Like, you know, you want gay villains. And, yeah. Yeah. I, there's that moment in, um, surprisingly, one of the best, like, gay panic moments in a mainstream film I've seen in recent years, uh, was in the movie Skyfall. Yeah. In which, uh, the, the villain is presented as being, like, ambiguously sexual and he has his hand on James Bond's inner thigh. Yeah. And he said, he makes some move and James says, what makes you think this is my first time? <laughs> And it's great yeah. because it doesn't come off as like, uh, oh no, he's gay. Yeah. Like it comes off as like, oh fuck, it, they might fuck. It's these, two, <laughs> it's these two men who have complete control over their sexuality yeah. and who are not scared right. of, of, you know, a man touching another man. Right. Um, it was lovely. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember what I was going to say. I want to see more gay, lesbian, bisexual, trans actors playing gay, yes. lesbian, bisexual, Absolutely. trans characters. Um, Great that you can play gay. Yeah. But like, or great that you can't army hammer. <laughs> Drag. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> I just, I would just love for, um, James Franco to never play a gay person ever yes, again. Absolutely. Um, I would just love for, you know, Sean Hayes not to continue to play, um, Jack. Yes. Forever. Yeah. Um, I want for, all these gay roles to go to gay people. Yeah. Period. Dot com. And that, again, is why things like Wolf Studios, TLA releasings, and The Strand are... Th- because that is where actors, gay actors can find work. Yes. Because for whatever reason, Hollywood thinks that gay actors cannot carry a film, which yeah. is garbage. I don't want to ride the Franco train for too long, but uh, the way that he uses uh, being ambiguous about his sexuality is insulting. And I'm not saying that, like, every actor who's not out and needs to come out, and I'm not gonna Harvey Milk this, where I'm like, everybody has to come out to make it... But, like, he like is like, I'm gonna kiss a dude, but then I'm gonna, like, not... I'm not gay, and it's right. like, fine, then stop it. He's doing stop. it for, like, shock yeah, value, yeah, yeah. and, like, am I, aren't I so, like, yeah, and cool that's part and weird of, mysterious? I, I guess that fits into my one-star reviews as well where it's just like i don't want to hear about the gay experience from you james franco yeah um the the other wish i have just real quick as we're wrapping up um going forward and this is a note to critics uh especially straight male critics um not every film that has come out post brokeback mountain needs to be compared to brokeback mountain (laughs) in your reviews and this was like an awful thing that especially occurred this past year um, 
specifically, and I'm, I'm not going to name names, but someone that I'm friends with, uh, their review of Call Me By Your Name, mm-hmm. their review of God's Own Country, yeah. their review of The Wound, like all three of them mention, no, don't fucking mention Brokeback Mountain anymore. Yeah. Don't. We get it. It was the big thing. Yeah. It was the Hollywood, whatever. Right. We get that that's your window into the, into the queer experience. But guess what? They're, we're, we're beyond that. Beyond. And it's a good movie. Beyond. But like, life. you can stop talking right. about it. <laughs> I mean, hopefully now, though, I truly think we're in this golden age yeah. of, like, mainstream visibility. And I, I'm hoping, I'm hoping, you know, that it there, leads to more. There, I mean, just like, from Weekend to Carol. Yeah. Call Me By Your Name, uh, Moonlight, all, all these movies that are coming out and that are not only beloved by audiences, but by critics as well. I'm, now there's like this panoply of modern gay, uh, you know, depictions, uh, and I think hopefully, you know, maybe, now maybe we'll, people will shut the fuck up about Brooklyn Mountain and yes. people compare movies now to Carol. Yes. And, you know. Compare all movies to Carol. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who cares? Yeah, exactly. You know, I was watching, uh, Frozen the other day. <laughs> True gay masterpiece, <laughs> yes. Frozen. Oh. She don't need no man. But, uh, but yes, uh, hopefully you enjoyed our dissection of queer cinema. This is our wrap up. Yes. So. So, uh, Louis, where can we find each other online? Well, you can find me, and my address is nothing. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're the mixed reviews, and we're everywhere. We're on Google Play, we're on iTunes, we're on Stitcher Radio, we're on uh, Spotify, Spotify, uh, you can... iHeart Media, uh, yeah, app, yeah, whatever that is. You can also contact us online. We're on Twitter at, at the Mixed Reviews. We are at Facebook. Um, just type in the Mixed Reviews, or you can email us at reviewsmixed at gmail.com. Yeah. Suggest things to us. Yeah, uh, if you found this episode helpful, if you didn't find this episode helpful we worked really hard yeah we made it nice we cooked i know <laughs> the things we do for you guys um please tweet at us all your favorite gay movies yeah. there's so there, so many there, we, twitter only lets us do four options yeah there's so many more than four gay movies right thank god um thank god thank yes god. god yes mama yes yes um, okay. please, oh gavin laganja <laughs> get out of here laganja Stranja. she just walked right in here guys <laughs> Um, out, get out. It sounds like pot. Um, <laughs> but yeah, thank you guys for joining us, thank and you. we'll come back soon-ish. Yes, um, um, in another um, two weeks. Yes, no, uh, but I definitely will be unemployed. <laughs> and, uh, we have all the time in the world. Exactly. All right, This time around